This is Indianapolis coach, Retro Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears, on this Easter Sunday morning. So happy Easter to you if you celebrate Easter. Happy Passover to you if you celebrate Passover. And no matter what religion you are, God bless everybody during these crazy times of COVID-19. I hope everybody is happy and healthy as the spring weather is starting to roll in. We have the NFL draft right around the corner to distract us from these real-world issues of COVID-19. So some fun stuff on the horizon. We're going to have a ton of draft content for you guys here on the For the Culture podcast. But before we get to the draft stuff, we have another free agent signing to touch on. The Colts yesterday signed fullback Roosevelt Nix from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a pro bowler back in 2017. He's not going to stuff the stat sheet, but that's not what you're looking for in a fullback. You're looking for another dimension offensively. You're looking for a complement in the run game and to go along with our offensive line that could bully any front seven in the National Football League. Now you add a 260 pound fullback to the mix, which probably means no more Quinn Nelson back there as your fullback ever again. I know how badly we all want to see him get his first career touchdown and maybe it comes one day. But for the first time in a few years, the Colts will have an actual fullback, assuming Roosevelt Nix makes the 53-man roster. And that's one of the big questions I have. I know what he brings to the table, and Jason's going to talk about what he brings to the table in a second. But where does he fit? Who does he replace on the 53-man roster? Last year, week one, we carried four running backs, Mack, Hines, Wilkins, and Williams. Assuming a fullback replaces one of the running backs, and assuming that running back is Jonathan Williams, the only one of those four backs who's not currently under contract with the Indianapolis Colts, my concern with the addition of Roosevelt Nix, if we don't add another running back, who handles the bulk of the carries if Marlon Mack goes down? Because last year it was Jonathan Williams. He had two games where he ran over 100 yards. He was able to carry the ball 20 times in a game. Hines can't carry the main workload. Wilkins has never had more than 14 carries in a game, and his 14-carry career high in single-game carries came week one of 2018, his rookie season. Last year, he only had one game with double-digit carries against the Titans. He had 11 carries in the game we lost to the Titans, not the game we won. So we don't have a back that could carry the workload if Marlon Mack were to go down. In Marlon Mack's three years in Indianapolis, he's missed at least two games each of his first three seasons in the NFL. So if Roosevelt Nix replaces Jonathan Williams on the 53-man roster and Mack were to go down, even if it was just for one week, where do those carries go? Because Hines is more of a flex. Wilkins has never had more than 14 carries in a single game. And then Roosevelt Nix hasn't had double-digit carries in his career. So where do those carries go if Marlon Mack were to go down? Or... Does Roosevelt Nix replace one of our tight ends? Because last year we carried four tight ends. Ebron's gone. Helhenkis also gone. Do we draft a tight end and carry three into the season? Or do we carry three running backs and a fullback? I think that's the big question we have to ask ourselves and we have to keep an eye on in training camp. Which spot do we take a guy from? The running back position or the tight end position or the wide receiver position? Because last year we carried six wide receivers. Kane and Funches are both gone. Chester Rogers is a free agent who I don't think we're going to bring back. So right now we have three wide receivers under contract from last year's Week 1 53-man roster. You could also add Darius Fallon into the mix now that he'll be healthy. So that's four wide receivers. 
So right now we're two tight ends short, two wide receivers short, one running back short. But Naheem Hines is a flex wide receiver running back, especially with a quarterback like Phillip Rivers. We're going to see a ton of receptions for Naheem Hines. We also have to remember that last year Chester Rogers made the roster as one of our receivers because he was also splitting time as our number one punt returner. Now that Hines is our number one punt returner, that could also be a reason why we carry five wide receivers because Hines is our punt returner and Hines is also a flex receiver and he's going to be used in the slot and he's going to have a ton of receptions from Phillip Rivers. So these are all things to think about when constructing the 53-man roster and trying to squeeze a fullback into the mix. And I know we're still a ways away from cutting this roster down to 53. We haven't even had our draft yet. But when you see a position added that we didn't carry last year, these are the type of questions that arise. But Roosevelt Knicks brings a lot to the table, and I'm going to throw it to my man Jason Spears to break it down. Thanks, Luke. I think he's going to add something to our offense in the set, not in numbers, because I'll give you his numbers right here. His career stats, four carries, four yards, one touchdown, 12 receptions, and 69 yards with one touchdown. So what he gives you is not going to be something that you see in stats. But what you are going to see it in is short yardage plays. You know, there's not going to be any reason to have Quentin Nelson out there taking any unnecessary risks, trying to play fullback, or having any big guys try to play fullback. We have a Pro Bowl caliber fullback now. So in short yardage plays, that will help a lot, having that guy there, that 260-pound fullback that can – open a hole. I think that'll be great in short yardage. And I also think it gives Frank Reich another dimension to his offense. I don't necessarily think this is going to change his scheme. I've seen that mentioned. I don't think Roosevelt Knicks, and no disrespect to him because I think he's an excellent player, signing Roosevelt Knicks to your offense does not you know, suddenly make you completely change your scheme. He's just not that type of player. But what it does do is it allows you the creativity to move players around. If you want to go with a two-back set, eye formation, whatever you want to go with, it allows you to move guys around. It's funny, talking to Luke off air, we were wondering, well, what position group does this guy fit into? Where, where's And what guy comes off of a position group? And I said, tight end or running back? Because if you look at tight end, we have Jack Doyle and we have... Mo Ali Cox, and we're probably going to draft a guy. And then if you add, you could add Knicks there, you know, or you could add him to the running back. I mean, he's a running back, obviously. Um, he's more of a flex guy, a guy you can play at H back, and he can do a lot of different things. But the thing is, I think you're going to put him in the running back category. So at that point, you've got Marlon Mack starter, Jordan Wilkins backup. Then you have Naheem Hines, who's kind of a do-it-all, jack-of-all-trades guy, but not a guy who's going to get 25 carries a game. It doesn't look like they are going to bring Jonathan Williams back, which is disappointing to me because I thought out of everybody, he proved that he was worth you know the risk and worth keeping on the practice squad because once he got in, he, he did his thing, and I thought he was really good. So maybe they don't bring back Jonathan Williams. I don't think that'd be a great move, but... You know, this guy's got to go somewhere, and some, and that means some player's not going to make the roster. Now, again, this kid can play. He's a very good player. Uh, he does a lot of little things, like I mentioned, and that's how you win games. You have to be able to win. To win in this league, you can't just win one way. You have to be able to win 
blowouts, close games, physical games, finesse games. You got to win by throwing the ball. You got to be by running the ball. I mean, you have to win in every possible kind of way in this league. That's just the way it is with the parity and everything else. And having a glue guy like this on your team can really help. So I think we're going to look at him as, as kind of a running back, tight end, hybrid kind of guy. He's not going to play tight end. That's not what I'm saying, but I do think you're going to see him at fullback and short yardage plays, and I think they're going to dial up some different uses for him. I do think he's going to have a much more active role in the Colts offense than he had in the Steelers offense. By active, I don't mean like, you know, he's going to have 60 catches and run it 75 times. I just mean he's going to have more of an active role. He's going to have a little bit more of time to make plays, do some things, catch the ball out of the backfield a little more short yardage runs, you know, that kind of stuff. Nothing crazy. I just think this move is something that allows you to, it's like diversifying your offense and adding some versatility to what you can do and what kind of personnel groupings that you can get. So I, I like the move. I think it gives you another way to get a yard. Uh, you don't have to rely on a quarterback sneak or Rivers trying to do it or anything like you put this guy in front of your back and you're going to get the first down. He was really good last year with Pittsburgh. So I think he will help us for sure. Now, just an overall kind of state of the offense now, just going down the 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 list of positions. We started with running back. I, I think there is a chance that we take a running back in this draft if Jonathan Williams does not come back. Or it's an undrafted guy that makes the roster out of training camp. Uh, I think that that's a definite possibility. I do think you're going to see guys, whether it's a couple of guys on the undrafted rookie free agent deals that come in and compete, or maybe a guy we take late. There's a lot of backs I like in this draft, and there'll be some of those guys available late. And if there's a guy there that Ballard likes at running back, he'll take them. So um, running back is not a huge need, just like for me, quarterback. Well, quarterback's a little different. It's not a need at, at this point because we've got our two guys, but if he really likes one of these quarterbacks and he takes them, that's all she wrote for Jacoby Brissett. And by doing that, it takes the pressure off of Phillip Rivers to have to try to get fourth and ones by quarterback sneaking. Now you've got you've got Roosevelt Knicks who can come back there and get the yard for you or block for your running back. So it kind of all goes full circle. We'll see what happens with that quarterback position. I think that is an interesting thing to watch. It all depends, man. If he really likes love, then, you know, I'm all for trading up and getting that guy because I think he has the highest upside of anybody at the quarterback position. But again, we don't know where Ballard sees him. You don't know his real opinion of him. I know he's talked to him and met with him. But a lot of that's due diligence. You don't, you know, it doesn't mean he loves him as a player. We, sh- it's what makes this draft so interesting to me, though. Those two positions are kind of we have players there, but we could always upgrade or get our future quarterback. I'm talking about running back upgrade or get your future quarterback. And just looking at receivers, obviously you've got, I mean, you've got Ty, you've got Paris, you've got Pascal, you've got Doris Fountain. Ashton Doolin, you've got all those guys, but I really think you're going to see a kid come in here, one of our draft picks, and really be special. I think they've got an eye on one of these guys. I don't know who it is. I know who I like. 
but there's so many good receivers in this draft. I think you're going to see us take a wide receiver fairly early, second or third round. Definitely something that we have to get draft need, if you will. Tight end, another draft need. I think we can go into the season with three tight ends and be okay and draft maybe a developmental guy or sign a veteran guy, whatever, and then draft a developmental guy, whatever. But I think we need to have three guys that can go out there and play. Right now we have two. For me, the biggest key to this draft is the reconstruction of our depth at our offensive line. Right now, our depth on the offensive line is basically the Raven Clark. That is not depth. That is a train wreck. So we absolutely have to get a tackle. There's a lot of guys that I think could be guard slash center kind of depth guys in this draft that I like. So we've got to get one of those guys, somebody that can swing over and play center if need be. But we've got to get a tackle, somebody that maybe doesn't have to play this year, but that has a talent guy I like a lot. Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State is a guy that I will keep mentioning. I think he's the future left tackle for this team. If we get a chance to draft him, you can develop him, and you're not throwing him to the Wolves right off the bat. So that's an option. But I'm just looking at at where this team has needs as a whole. and We've gone through the defense. Our defense is pretty set. I think you could add an, an edge rusher and maybe some depth players here or there. I would like to see them go after another safety that can play in the slot. Antoine Winfield is the guy I like. But other than that, man, other than those two spots, really, offense is where I think we're going to have to make hay on this draft day. I mean, there's so many good receivers available. Tight ends, not as strong. There are some really good developmental offensive tackles in this draft. And there's some good offensive linemen. Not great, but good offensive linemen that you could maybe – you know, coach up and in the future could be good guards or good tackles or at least be swing tackles and and be able to maybe fill a role like Joe Haig did. So that's just a little bit of what's going on here with uh, for the culture and with our Colts. Wanted to get something out. I really, really uh, appreciate everybody listening to our Robert Mathis interview. I thought Luke was amazing. That was so fun to write questions for and just an amazing interview. Robert Mathis is one of my favorite Colts of all time. Uh, Shout out to him for doing the show. That was fun. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all the nice comments. Keep them coming, man. Keep all the constructive criticism coming. It helps us get better. And again, I always say this at the end of our shows, loop gets on me a little bit, but uh, I hope everybody is safe and, and staying indoors and following the guidelines of what we're supposed to be doing so we can get this thing over. The more you stay inside, the faster this thing will end. And that's, I mean, I think that's common sense. So Just praying we have football this season, and uh, man, I love talking about it. This stuff is getting me through the quarantine. So thank you guys for being our fans. Thank you for everything you do, and thank you for listening to the For the Culture podcast.